come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders saying, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. How fitting the song today of the king. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Verse 43, he trusted in God, let him deliver him. Verse 42, preempts it and says, let him come down off the cross and we will Believe him. I want to preach to you this morning the missed message of Calvary. The missed message of Calvary. Jesus, I thank you for your word. God, based on the hunger here today, I'm asking you to speak to us. Speak to the heart, to the mind. God, let whoever it is in this building today that's got questions of where you are in their situation. I'm asking you today, let through the word of God, answers of understanding come. Strength come. I pray it today in the name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Christ, Jesus by name, God manifested in the flesh. There's a component of him that If you read certain passages of Scripture, you can be confused. And this is one, the baptismal of Christ, Him on the cross, looking at the thief. You've got to understand this principle that He was fully God and He was fully man. There's a dual nature to Him, that He was the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Him bodily. But just as much as the fullness of God dwelt in him, he was fully man in his humanity. There was a dual nature to him that as man he hurt, as man he struggled. And many times we forget that because we are so fixated on the power that he held or the power of the resurrection. And these things are so important. I'm not negating Uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection, that this is all going to a resurrected moment, that when he come out of the grave triumphantly with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and conquered death, and uh, that, that I'm not minimizing the power of his resurrection. Because if it wasn't for the resurrection, you and I would not be here. But there's an element of that humanity that he had a choice to do the things that he did. There was a choice in his humanity to make decisions that he made. That he was in his humanity functioning just like you and I would. It's been pondering questions for me over and over. What what made him get up that day and go to the Sea of Galilee with with all of his disciples and, and decide to pick that spot? 
have to go in his humanity. As God, there was purpose. As God, there was a reason why he did what he did and why he he went to the Sea of Galilee. But in his humanity, Brother Darrell, he did not have to go. I mean, think about it for a moment. Him as God manifested in the flesh. And many times he speaks of his submission to the will of God. He was not speaking to two people. He was speaking, exemplifying to you and I the same struggle he went through, you will go through. In humanity, that you and I will have to submit to the will of God. We will have to submit to the word of God. And as our example, he exemplified it so perfectly of how I am to live, breathe, and have my existence. Why did he do what he did to go to the places he went? What, 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 did he ever have a bad day? I know the scripture says he didn't have a place to lay his head and he felt lonely, he felt rejection, he felt all of these things. So it would only be plausible and a reasonable conclusion that he felt some of these other emotions even though the Bible is not clear on which one it was. So I understand and define clearly his humanity that he struggled in it all. He had the ability to make a decision and say no. And Gethsemane says that so well. When he goes to the garden and he picks up the cup of suffering. And as he holds the cup, Sister Juanita, he had a choice of whether to drink it or not. He had an ability in his humanity to say, you know what? I suffered enough. I'm finished with this. I'm going to now establish a kingdom. He could have called down angels and established a kingdom and knocked out the whole Roman government and he could have done all of these things because he was God. But yet in his humanity, there was a message he had to show you and I. It's easy to see the messages that he gave us along the way. But Gethsemane was leading to The ultimate message that many times at Calvary we miss. We miss it. Because again, we're looking at the power. We're looking at him raising the dead. We're looking at all the great things he can do. And I'm for him. I thank God for every time I've heard about a healing taking place. I'm thankful for healings that have taken place in my body, in your body, and our families. I I don't negate those moments. Gethsemane, he holds the cup of suffering. And his prayer was not his two people or him praying to a God the Father, but him praying to give you and I an example of that there's going to come times in me and your life that we're going to have to drink from a cup of suffering that I don't understand. I'm going to have to go through something that I don't quite think is fair I'm going to have to take part of something that did not work out like I thought it was going to work out see he's pre he's precluding or pre giving us a, a clue of what's fixing to happen on Calvary in a message that he chooses to preach from the cross that's not about resurrection it's not about the power But it's another message that you and I sometimes fail to see. And in Gethsemane, he's trying to give us an example. There's going to be times 
that God's got the power to come down into your situation and rip it out by the root. But God isn't always going to show up on me and your clock. That cup, brother Darrell, I don't believe it was a cup. That was a cup of, I, I know we've said of sin. It was a cup of suffering. It was a cup that he did not want to drink in his humanity. But regardless, he was obedient unto the end. And Sister Weida, he drank the cup. And on the heels of him drinking the cup in Gethsemane. And then the betrayal that takes place in the garden later to come. And all of these things that begin to happen and transpire in his life. It's all an example for you and I to understand. There are times that we're going to have to walk through things that we don't understand, Sister Agnes. There's times that I'm going to have to go through valleys that I didn't ask for. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't part of it. It's something. And we're going to pray to God that God would come where we are. And God's not going to move. I'm telling somebody here today. God dealt with me late last night trying to, trying to get it all straight in my head. And then early this morning, I began to see there are things that you and I face that are, we're the, we are the, the, I hate to say benefactor because I hate using the word victim. We are the, the, the entity by which all of these things that were not of our own accord gets dumped on us. Come on, is there a grandma, grandpa that your kids maybe are just so messed up right now and, and you get dumped on? How about life? Situations come to you and I and we don't know what in the world we're going to do. And we go to God in prayer and say, God, I need you to work it out. And God stays silent. What's God trying to do? What's the purpose of this? I'll tell you what he's trying to do. There's a greater purpose that you and I can't see in this moment. And if I just let God, God, I don't know what you're trying to do, but I'm not going to let your silence rob my faith. I'm not going to let you not moving in this situation cause me to give up. God's looking for individuals in the end time and living for God that said, God, it doesn't matter how low the valley is. It doesn't matter how dark the night is. There's going to come a day that the sun's going to come up again and I'm going to see what you promised come to pass the struggle though is the message that don't always make sense for you and I Calvary the message we miss is when God chooses to stay and don't come I know that he can heal. I know he can put it all together. I know he can fix my marriage. I know he can fix my mind. I know he can put everything together for me. See, because he already healed blind bar. He's healed people before. He put families back together before. He's blessed families before. What do you and I do when I'm looking at Calvary and I'm looking at every entity that Calvary affords me? It's not just salvation, but Calvary, he put a, a crown of thorns was put on his head. And in that moment, there was the healing of the mind and every stripe that was put on his back. 
The cat of nine tails. And on the end of that whip was sharpened of, of, of rock and, and metal and all of these things. And every time that whip went across his back, it just, just sliced him wide open. We, 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 we want to think it's all pretty, but Calvary and the price that he paid, his bowels are hanging out. And I take all of that and I know the power of Calvary and the price that he paid. And I look to him and say, your bowels are hanging out. You're suffering for breath on that cross. Lung punctured. Side busted open. Blood and water pouring out of his side. And I look to that brother Larry and said, there's my healing. I look to that and say, there's the healing of my mind. And you and I both know that from that, he's going to be buried. And from that's going to come a resurrection. And I know that if resurrection comes, then there's going to be even a greater miracle. There's going to be a greater favor. There's going to be a greater. But do I see that when I'm looking at him at Calvary? And the blood's pouring out and he's struggling for breath. And he's gasping. See, I wasn't there. But if I don't let Calvary be real in here, I'm going to miss the message of Calvary or one of the messages of Calvary that he had to stay. Could he have come off of that cross? Yes, he could have. Could he have came off of there and done what he... Did he even have to go to the cross? No, he didn't. But yes, he did. And because he chose to stay, we miss the power that was really there. There's two types of power. The words defined in the original Greek, dunamis and excusia. Dunamis is the one we love. It's dynamite. It means explosive. The power of God moves and things just explode. Excusia comes from a base word which means restraint. And on Calvary, he hung there with every bit of his humanity. And deity is the same. And as deity, he could have come off of the cross, healed that own body, and nothing could have stopped him. But in his humanity, he had to exercise excusia. I've got to restrain. I cannot come off now. If I come off and, and, and come down to Mary and say, Oh, Mary, it's going to be okay. Or come off the cross and say, Mama, don't cry. I'm really not going to die. I cannot do that. Sure, in his humanity, he wanted to. He had to exercise restraint. Against the will of what they wanted. There are times, Brother Daryl, I've went to him and said, God, I know you, you've done it for this one. You've done it for that one. You've healed this one. You've done a miracle. What makes God pick and choose who he does it for? You asking me the question? Hope you are because I got an answer for you. Purpose. purpose what makes God not answer the prayer you're asking him for 
What makes God, is God sick that he would love you to suffer? No. He loves his purpose that much more for you than it is to give us one temporary relief. Folks, we live in an hour now. We're looking for temporary relief. And God's saying, I'm ready to go where the problem is and pull it completely out. We're wanting a band-aid on something. And God's saying, you don't need a band-aid. I can go to the source of this. I can go to the core of this. And I can heal it. But you got to let me stay and exercise restraint at this moment. Can you love me when God ain't moving? Can you trust him when God's not answering your prayer? Can you still be faithful for him? When God don't do what you're asking him to do. It's a part of Calvary that we miss. Because we've got resurrection on our brain. You've got to die. That's good and that preaches good. Except when it comes to my life. You gotta die, Jesus. I need resurrection. I need to be delivered. I need to have a walk. I, I need resurrection power. But that that's good. But what do you do when you need him to respond now? Not down the road. I said, I need him now. And here's what he says: I gotta stay. I can't do what you're asking me to do right now because if I come off, if I come off and do what you're asking me to do at this moment, the purpose I have for you is going to be hindered. You think John didn't ask the same thing? Here's John on Patmos. He got banished to an isle of Patmos, an island, a mile, maybe two miles Nothing but rocks, no vegetation, barren, dry, empty land. Now here's old John, the one that's faithful, the one that got to lay his head on Jesus' bosom and feel the heartbeat of God and hear the, the, the voice of God when he didn't tell nobody else at the Last Supper. He told John who the betrayer was. John, the one that got the secrets. And now John's on Patmos. John's on Patmos saying, I've done everything right. Why can't you get me out of this now? How many of us has prayed, God, I need you to fix it now. God, I need you to change it now. God, I need you to get a hold of something now. I'm trying to preach faith to somebody right now. If God's not responding today, don't you lose faith just yet. There's a moment that I promise you, his silence, his absolutely, his ability to kind of be hidden in your trial and storm. I promise you it's not going to be for naught. There's another message of Calvary that God's got to teach you and I. And that's the message of restraint he holds back for certain reasons because he loves you and I that much it's a picture of his love for you and I that goes beyond the norm here's John on Patmos do you think God loved him any less somebody needs to hear me today in the Holy Ghost 
I feel the word of God going to specific people here today that you've wondered where's God in his power. You're, you're, you're all the way down to resurrection and you're saying, I know God can, I know God can, I know he can, but you're, you're at Calvary right now and you're looking at him saying, God, I, I, I need you to react right now. And he's saying, you don't understand. I cannot react right now. My purpose is greater. Your purpose is greater. My kingdom is greater. And if you just hang on, there's going to come a resurrection. There's going to come a change in your life. There's going to come a change in your situation. But for right now, you got to let me stay on this cross. You got to let me stay. I'm not advocating that we, uh, uh, I'm for resurrection. I want to make that very clear. I don't want to stay at Calvary. It's bloody. It's gory. It's not comfortable. But an element of Calvary that's not comfortable is when God, you know, has the power to change it and he decides not to. I've seen it, sister. I've seen some people that I thought they would never come to God and God has an ability to get a hold of that heart. No matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult they are, no matter how obstinate they are, or like my father-in-law says, mean as a snake. I don't care how mean they are. God can still move on them if I would just hold what I got. And when it don't work out, John, and you're on Patmos and you feel like everything's crumbling all around you and you don't think you're ever going to come out of this and it ain't never going to change, Sister Dean, I'm telling you there's going to come a moment of revelation. What was the revelation on John on Patmos? Oh, we get all caught up in chapter 2, 1, 2, and 3. And he's all about the churches, Pergamos and and Samara and and, and all these churches of, of Asia. But you need to go read chapter 4, maybe about verse 6. After he gets all the revelations, the final revelation was for John. When he said, I looked up and I saw all the elders. And he said, out of that came a lamb that was slain. What was he saying? I'm so thankful you stayed on that cross. I'm so thankful that you continue. Come on, somebody. It looks like now it ain't going to happen. But I'm telling you way down the road, there's coming a day you're going to say, God, I'm thankful you allowed this to happen. It's working for my good, even though I can't see it. Even though it don't feel good today. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm mad. Come on, somebody get honest. We're mad at God. We're mad at this one. I'm mad at that one. That's why you find somebody got angry issues. They're really just mad at themselves. Because I let this happen. Come on, get honest right now. You ain't got to say, oh, me. Just say, oh, my, in your mind. We're mad with ourselves because we let this happen. You know, I should have been praying more. I should have been more sensitive more. I should have used more wisdom more. 
and God saying, and we're saying, God, I need you to fix it. He goes, uh-uh, I want you to go back to that day and I want you to remember what happened. Not because I want you to relive the past, but I want you to see that I was working way back then. I was working and what you thought was an, you yell, I take responsibility. I take accountability for what I did, but God, you can still turn a bad into a good. It rains on the just and the unjust. And if I keep my faith in him, God's able to take a bad situation and turn it for the good. The danger is this. We go too long. And we wait and we wait and we wait. We let a spouse dictate to us what we know in our heart is right. We let somebody else dictate to us what we know we need to be doing in living for God if we're ever going to see our kid. And time keeps ticking away as God waits for somebody. And all along, God's staying for a moment. He's not responding. Not because he's trying to destroy you and I. Not because he's trying to hurt you and I. But he wants us to see a side of Calvary. That sometimes God chooses to just wait for a moment to see how we're going to respond. And what are we going to do? What do you say that in the moment that God decides to wait. I'm going to give him a praise. I'm going to give him an expression of faith. I'm going to give him something from my heart that says, God, you're in control of everything, regardless of what I think, regardless of what I feel. We're facing stuff that I have never thought we'd face. And we need old time apostolic saints of God and preachers like never before. That's why I'm so stuck on backsliders. They get mad at me because I preach so direct. But it's for only one reason, Brother Joe. It's because I know the purpose of God that's on them. And I'm fighting for the purpose when they don't care about their purpose. Who would have ever thought? Poor old Disney going nuts. What, what's the objective? They're trying to erase gender. Right. Folks, this is on our watch. This is on our clock. This is in our schools. This is what our teachers are dealing with when they got kids coming in. Because now in their mind, and we go to God and say, God, where are you? And God's saying, you don't understand. I'm choosing to stay for a season because I got a group of people that I'm raising up with a faith in the things of me. They're not going to argue what we got to do, what I got to do to be saved, what I got to do to go to church. There's a group of people that's saying, God, I'm going to serve you not because of what you do, but because of who you are. I worship you because of who you are, not because of the resurrection. He's raising up a group of people that we don't serve him, Sister Cat, whether he heals my body or not. I don't care. Heal me, I believe. I'm for miracles. I think every one of you know that. I preach miracles and gifts of the Spirit like a rabid dog. But when God don't let dunamis, and he decides to change venues to excuse you, I'm going to hold back for a minute. Can I still serve him? 
can I still love him? Can I still worship him with an exuberance? Or when things don't go right and they hurt my feelings, I'm just going to pick up my marbles and go play in another box. Somebody hurt me. Somebody offended me. They upset me. Our faith needs to go beyond what people think about us and realize, God, there's nothing matters but my relationship with you. God, I've got children that's coming behind me. i got a church I'm trying to lead. I don't have the opportunity to get offended. I don't have that opportunity that I can get all cattywampus in my spirit. i got a family that's looking at me, and I don't want them to get to eternity and say, Daddy, why did you let bitterness get in my heart? Why did you let anger get in my heart? Why did you let resentment get in my heart? Because and we'll turn the final and we'll go God it's your fault God it's your fault that you let this happen to me why don't we turn that and say God yes you might have allowed it but I determined my behavior through it and God, if you allowed heart, hurt and hardship to come to me, then I'm not going to let it stop my relationship with you. Because God, I want to prove to you every day that I wake up, you mean more to me, God, than life itself. You mean more to me than having some trinket. You mean more to me than a home. You mean more to me, than God, than the comforts that we have in this life. You mean more to me, God, than anything in this world. And if it means you not answering my prayer today, I'm going to hang on and keep believing that there's going to come a day you're going to hear that prayer. And God, I'm not going to lose faith today. I'm not going to lose hope today. But I'm going to hang on to everything that's right. I'm not going to let the anger. I'm not going to let my bitterness. I'm not going to let my resentment. God, I'm dealing with something right now in the spirit. And I feel it strong in the Holy Ghost. You blamed God for what happened in your family. And it's the reason you can't worship God. And you can't lift God. And you got God on trial. Don't we understand something, Brother Roger? God could come down right here in this service. It's happened already. Not because of sin, but it's happened already. God could take that little heart of yours and just hook it, and you're gone. And he allows him to stay just for a season because he's wanting you and I to see something about him that we've never seen before, like he did with John on Patmos. John got all the revelation and what God is saying at the end of it is, yeah, you got revelation. You see every church. You had a message for every one of them. But that's not the message. The message was the slain lamb. John, I want you to remember back. This is Revelation 4 and 6. I want you to remember Calvary. And there was a message. The greatest revelation of Calvary was when God could have did what he could have done and chose not to. He's saying, John, you got to see. My will is more important. Watch me. My way is higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And you can't see the why, but if you'll just hang on, then there's going to come a resurrection. We got to experience a little bit of God excuse you and restrain you before we ever even get. I'm going to say this last point. I, I'm going to come to close here in a minute. 
Let me just interject this because it just preaches good and it fits. John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Find that for me, John 1 and verse 1, because I want to quote it exactly. Now, this is for some saint, some saint of God, that maybe you, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. See, this is the importance of baptism. People want to think baptism is just kind of no big deal. Let me explain to you. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Next verse. Same in, the, same in the beginning was with God. Next verse. And all things were made by Him, not them. There were no trinity. It didn't exist. It still don't exist. It was made by Him, not them. There was no God the Son. He turned and said, hey, Junior, we're going to make your heavens. That didn't exist. That's man-made doctrine. It's false doctrine. Meet me after service, I'll give you a Bible study. All things were made by Him, one God. And with Him was not anything made that was made. Next verse. In Him was life. Find Romans 6. Hold that right there. We're going to go to Romans 6 and verse 2, but I won't free. In Him was life and the life of man. Go to Romans. In Him was what? In Him. Here's my question. How do we get in Him? Stop right there. We want life, but we want our life. We don't want God's life. To get God's life, you and I have got to be baptized in Jesus' name. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, you get His life. What does that mean, Brother Mike? Here's what it means. It means I get healings. I get miracles. I get hope. I get faith. I get encouragement. I get a stamina and a steadiness that God, when you're not moving in my behalf, I know you're still working, even though I can't see you working. So the question is, he says, and in him was life. We're holding on to ours too tight. That's why when God chooses to stay, he's trying to show you and I, this ain't about your life. It's about my life. And it's about my life through you. Now, the question is, how do I get in his life? He said, in him was life. How do you get in him? No, you're not that so many of us were baptized. What? How do you get in him? You're baptized into him. That's why anybody ever tell you and I, baptism don't matter. It's just ceremonial and how you baptize don't matter. You need to tell them real quickly. I got to be baptized in Jesus name. Because when you're baptized in Jesus name, you now just went into Christ. You want to tell you what true living is? When you and I are baptized in Jesus name, you put on Christ. You're in him. And when I'm in him, I've got life and life more abundantly. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice? Life's been hard. Why do you say we shift gears and say, God, your life is good. Living for you is good. And I thank you that I'm able to. True life is in him. You preach a message like this, Brother Dale, Brother Joe. It's like, huh? You see a bewilderedness over the eyes or in the eyes of people. Here's what it says. You don't understand. You don't really know what's in me. I'm angry. I'm hate. I got resentment. I'm mad against God. I don't even understand all this stuff you're talking about. I come here just to make my mama happy. 
I come here just to really when what God's trying to show you and I is this. There's a life that he's trying to give you and I that changes everything. And Sister Liz, if I can get that life in me, if I can get the Holy Ghost in me, if I can get God's Spirit moving in me, then everything will change. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with Him. The Word was Him. And that life was the light of men. If you want to know how to get direction and what to do, get a life. Get a life in Christ. We're so busy trying to get our own life and acquire money and success. And we need money. We need these things to function. I'm not against it. What I'm saying is, I want to make sure that God knows you're number one in it all. And God, when you choose not to answer my prayer on any given day, God, I'm okay with it. I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep serving you. I'm going to keep worshiping you. I'm going to keep magnifying you. Regardless... John, it had to come. Job, we don't like Job. I'm closing. Musicians, y'all come. Just kind of get ready. We don't like Job. It's one of the most pronounced, powerful stories I've ever read, by the way. In this regard, he lost his money, he lost his health, and he lost his family. Some are saying, man, that'd be good. Mine are crazy. He lost everything. Yet Job didn't sin against God. God chose to stay proverbially, symbolically on the cross. He, he held his power back. And he could have came to Job. Think about it like this. Maybe I'm just a deep thinker. When that old storm came about Job's kids, but Job, that storm came, God could have stepped in and said, stop. What about us in a hurricane? Everybody else's house was okay other than me, Brother Langenby, Roy, for the most part, maybe Brother Sherman. I mean, we had a little bit here and there. But I mean, living in it. We couldn't live in our house. You couldn't live in your house. You couldn't live in your house. Most people lived in their house with just damage, but we couldn't live in it. And here's what I kept saying. God, what did I do wrong? I really, I asked God, did I sin? God, is there something I don't even know I've done? Why did you stay your power? Me and her even did it. Watch, I'm going to get real crazy for you folks. Me and her got our hands and we walked around the property. Maybe y'all didn't do none of that. I'm crazy. And I, I mean, I'm going to show my, I'm going to walk out and say, hey, bless God. And I grabbed her hands. We walk around this property and we're going to plead the blood. And the hurricane levels it. Not levels it, messes it all up. I'm thinking, oh my God. My prayer really good. Don't y'all ask for me to pray for you. <laughs> my prayer ain't working real good right now. Me and G are kind of over a hit and miss basis right now. <laughs> don't ask me to pray for you, man. You may die. <laughs> I struggled, Sister Juanita. I'm like, my God, I'm the preacher. 
Why did you stay when you had the power? And watch what happened. I got mad. Y'all don't get mad. We all keep our cool. Or here's what we won't say nothing, but we keep it inside and we just boil like a teapot. And then you just let that boy leave that skating board in that driveway and you trip or step on a Lego. Y'all don't know nothing about no Legos either. Step on a Lego. And I promise you, you know whether you got the Holy Ghost or not. <laughs> Barefooted, I'm talking about. They hurt, man. <laughs> All of a sudden, what I held on to. Oh, my God, where's that kid? My God. I'm going to beat him with the ditch of his life. That anger that was there that we never would deal with. And you wonder why God's not moving in our life. Because he's staying for a reason. There's something he's trying to work in us. That's going to produce a resurrection part of our life. Resurrection's Holy Ghost. Let me clarify this. When you get the Holy Ghost, that's resurrection. That's a one, to, a boom. You got it. But after that, you can have a day-to-day resurrection. If I'll go to him in prayer, God, forgive me of this, that, and the other, and things that keep surfacing in my life. This is why I can never ascribe to, you ain't glorified yet. I don't care how much she says you got halos, brother Ed. I love you, but you ain't perfect. I don't care how much sister says she got, you got it. Sister Smith, he ain't all that now. There's, some, there's a little horn that pop out every once in a while. What you saying, Benoit, I'm saying this. Every day I got to look at myself honestly and say, God, I'm going to take that. And, and all along God's saying, I'm just going to hang on till it dawns on you. And when it dawns on you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hurry up and come off that cross. I'm going to resurrect out of the grave. I'm going to do something in you that you cannot do in yourself. If you and I just understand, there's a missed message of Calvary. Sometimes God doesn't move when you want him to move. Sometimes God don't answer when you want him to answer. Sometimes he chooses. And what did they say in Matthew 27? If you be God, here's the temptation of the enemy. And this comes to every one of us. Go back to my little hurricane deal. God, if you're really powerful, okay, I'm not saying I'm, I'm good, I'm clean, everything all right. Now, if you were God, though, and the thought comes... If you're God, you could have did this miracle. Come on, think about your lost kids right now. Think about that situation that's dealing with humanity that seems impossible. God could do it right now. But when he chooses not to do it, can you still praise him with the joy that you had when you first got the Holy Ghost? Can you praise him with that excitement? When you first got the Holy Ghost. If you say you can, then you are doing well. But if you can't, then understand the message of Calvary that many times we don't hear preached. Sometimes God stays at a distance. You destroyed this temple. Build it in three days. Save thyself if you be. Look what the, look what the world was saying. Come on down. Get off that cross. 
Because you see, here's what the enemy recognizes. Now remember, who's saying this? The religious folk. Religious folk don't want to suffer. I'm going to say that one more time because we don't get that part. Religious folk, I don't want to suffer. But life is going to throw you a curve that you and I are not going to understand what's going on. And you're going to remember this. It's a message of Calvary that he's trying to show you and I. God's choosing to stay and not answer that prayer today. That doesn't mean it's not going to get answered. It means just for today, he cannot come off that cross because there's a greater purpose that you and I can't see. Get off that cross. Come on down. See, the enemy wants him off. Now, I'm going to throw you a curve here, and I'm closing. Y'all ready? We are never more like the enemy when we tell God what to do. I'm guilty. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm guilty, Brother Ed. I told God, God, this is what you need to do. God, how can you how can you let that mama be hooked on drugs and their kids are suffering? Save her. And God says, Come on, God, talk to me. This is real Christianity. God is not going to always come through on your watch and my watch. But he will always come through on eternity's watch. Stand with me. Go to the next verse. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him and the scribes and the elders. You'd think they'd have the spiritual discernment to realize what God was doing. He said, he can't say even himself. If he be the king, come off and we will believe. Watch me. We base our walk with God. Hear me, last point. Based upon God's action. Please hear me in the Holy Ghost. This is what separates a first grade believer from a 12th grade believer in God. We base everything on actions in God. God, if you heal me, God, if you fix it, and God's saying, there's sometimes I'm going to stay. Can you believe when I don't act? Do we believe that God is still the king of kings? He is not one of the mighty. He is the almighty. He's not the Lord of, of many. He is the Lord above everything else and God when you choose not to act I still choose to praise you and love you and serve you is there anybody here today that you're in the middle of a valley middle of a storm and you really have asked God over and over God heal my mind God, heal my body. God, heal my kids. God, heal my marriage. God, heal my family. God, heal. And all you get from God is a... (gasps) He's silent. Then let me tell you today, you're right on track. You're right on track. You're right in what Calvary was wanting to show us. 
And if you hang on just a little bit longer, there's a resurrection moment. You say, well, I already got the Holy Ghost. There's more that God's wanting to resurrect in you and I that we've never seen before. Is there anybody hungry for that here today? God, I need you to to help me understand what you're doing in my life right now. God, I need you to help me right now. Lift your hands all across this building. Come on, talk to him for a moment. Talk to him right now for a moment. God, I need you to help me. I don't understand why you're not moving, God. Come on, we sing about the name of Jesus and nothing happens. I pray and nothing happens. I pray and my prayer is dry. I pray and my kids get worse. Come on, somebody. I pray and things get worse in my life, my family, my marriage. You may be at the place of Calvary that you don't understand, but hang in there. There's coming a resurrection, even though God's not acting today. Now, us as a family I know by knowledge what some of you are going through and some of you I know what the Holy Ghost has told me you're going through and what I'm going to ask you to do today is as a family grab the hand to the person next to you most of us families right now I want us to all come to this front together I want us to all come together husband and wife families right now because family's under a great attack in this world right now. And we need each other. We need each other. And we need to pray. Daddies need to pray right now. Husbands need to pray for their families. God's wanting to touch families right now. Come on, come. Come, 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 come. Come, come. Now when you get here, I want you to lift your hands. Come on, let's just talk to it for a moment. There's strength here right now. Calvary still works. Just because you're not seeing the power of Calvary like you think, Calvary still works. Healing still works. And it's all through Jesus. Deliverance still works. And it's all through Jesus. I'm coming against doubt and unbelief right now. That's saying it don't work. The name of Jesus don't work. It's a lie. The name of Jesus works. Come on, lift your voice right now. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your hands all across this building right now. Come on, God, I surrender to you. I need you right now. Not my will, but thine be done. Thy will be done. That's the prayer. Not my will, but your will, God. Let it be done today. Oh, there it is. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. Come on, just keep your mind on him right now for a moment. Just close your eyes and worship him for a moment. Let the Holy Ghost work and encourage. Oh, come on, Jesus is still on the throne. Just because you're not seeing the miracle, he can still do it. Don't lose faith. Let him show you a side of Calvary you've never seen before. Sometimes God waits when you don't think he can. you can wait any longer. Come on, we're on his clock. God knows how much you can take. Trust him right now. Trust him in your family. Trust him in your home. Trust him right now. Trust him, trust him, trust him. Trust him. Come on, let the Holy Ghost work right now. Let it minister to the heart. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. 
Let God put your family back like it needs to be. Let God correct some wrongs. Come on, somebody. Reach for him in the Holy Ghost. Reach for him. Reach for him in the Holy Ghost. He's working right now. God's working in the heart. He's working in the mind right now. Jesus. Oh, he's working on God, right now, I'm asking you right now, let a hand of deliverance come. Deliver us from fear and worry and doubt right now. to do is just be patient and wait and let him work. And God's working in many, many of our lives. If you're thankful today for the working of God, his word working in us one more time, just lift your hands all across the building. We do that as a sign of surrender. That's not just an exercise. We do that as a sign of surrender saying, God, I thank you today for the work of your spirit. I thank you for the work in my life. I thank you, God, for helping me and my family. And we see truth, God. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we thank you for what will come out of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you. Turn to somebody. Greet them in the name of the Lord. Don't forget, we bought some of these. These are salvation made simple. These can go in your Bible. They're real thin. It's got several scriptures on it. I mentioned it Wednesday night. If you didn't get one, make your way up here. We got a stack of them. You can put it in your Bible. You can use this wherever you go, talking to people and uh, explaining to them salvation. Turn to somebody. Greet them in the name of the Lord. Take a moment of some fellowship.